what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This episode of Creating Wellness Podcast is sponsored by Incredible Edibles in Hickory, North Carolina. Incredible Edibles is the best place to visit to get great tasting food and drinks that benefit your overall wellness. Incredible Edibles offers frozen yogurt, smoothies, and kombucha on tap with a broad array of healthy benefits and snacks and the best CBD products from around the country. Come visit us at our brick and mortar location in the beautiful Holler Mill, where we have COVID-friendly personal life service that includes safe in-store shopping, curbside pickup, and limited distance same-day delivery. Or you can visit us online at IncredibleEdibles.com for online shopping, interesting blog posts, and more information about Incredible Edibles. Welcome to Creating Wellness Podcast. I'm Fran Paradine. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm also part owner of Incredible Edibles, a store in Hickory, North Carolina that sponsors this podcast. So like I said in my first podcast, uh, this, one of the main goals of this is to create a space to talk about and learn about wellness, all different kinds of wellness. Um, We also want to connect with other women in the community who are interested in sharing what they know and women who are curious to learn more. So overall, the goal is to connect, learn, and support. And that is why I'm so excited to have Michelle Morgan here with me today to talk about the magic that happens when women support women and when we all come together as a community. So Michelle is the director of the Women's Resource Center in Hickory, North Carolina, where the beauty of connecting happens every day. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction to Michelle, and then I'm going to bring her on. So Michelle was born and raised in the Appalachian Mountains of Southern Kentucky, where she attended the University of Kentucky, majoring in dental hygiene. She made Hickory, North Carolina her home 25 years ago and has dedicated much of her time to raising her daughter, Sydney Shepherd. Michelle has a passion for fitness and became a certified Pilates instructor in 2008 and over the years has taught Pilates at several local yoga and wellness studios in the area. She's also worn several hats working in the sales field. However, her passion for helping others led her to her dream job at Women's Resource Center, working to empower other women in the community. She began her career at Women's Resource Center in 2016 as a resource development specialist. In the spring of 2019, she received her certificate in nonprofit management from Duke University and later that year was named to the position of executive director. Michelle enjoys volunteering and contributing to her community. She's a fierce advocate for women and strongly believes in the power of women helping women. She has served as a board member for several area nonprofits and currently sits on the North Carolina Community Foundation Grant Allocations Committee for the North Carolina School of the Arts. She's a court-appointed child's advocate, and in 2018, she ran for the Catawba County Board of Commissioners. She is a heart for helping the homeless and volunteers monthly with the Open Door Homeless Reach Out Outreach Program. Michelle is also an avid runner, folk art collector, and amateur painter. Her daughter, Sydney, is all grown up now and is an actor and musician living in New York City. You need to check out her band called Bandits on the Run. It's actually really, really good. So Michelle currently resides in Hickory with her husband, attorney Bill Morgan, and their feisty terrier mix. Rescue doggy, Augie? Augie. Augie. (laughs) So welcome, Michelle. I'm really, really excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. 
So for let's start with the Women's Resource Center because it's such a magical place in this community. And I'm not sure everybody really knows all that you guys do there and everything yeah. you offer there. Yeah, we like to call ourselves the little nonprofit that could. We have uh, <laughs> three employees and a lot of dedicated volunteers. Um, our mission is to advocate for the personal empowerment and economic uh, self-sufficiency of women and families, regardless of race, religion, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, or orientation. So we're all uh, welcoming and all-inclusive agency, and we're very proud to say that. Um, we're we mostly work as a resource and referral agency by co- uh, connecting women in the community to resources they may not know about if they're going through a difficult time. Okay. Yeah. And we also have uh, programs of our own. Um, we provide a, just a warm and welcoming place for women to just safely tell their story without judgment, to, to have a, like uh, an ear you know, a, a helpful and uh, supportive ear to listen to their story. Uh, a lot of the women we work with uh, live pay- paycheck to paycheck, and they do not have that foundation of a support system in their lives. So we try to be that support system for them. Which is really important, Yeah. right? You have these women, and, you know, I think uh, for me, at least, shame is a big part of why it's hard to reach out when I'm needing help or why it's hard to connect with women when I'm feeling um, vulnerable or not as good as for whatever reason. So I imagine you see that in a lot of the women you work with. Women, you know, wear so many hats. We are the caregivers. We are the nurturers. We are the teachers. We are the, we, we are the backbone of our families. Uh, A lot of times we are the breadwinners and all of that all wrapped up into one. Right. And that's essentially why why this organization was started over 30 years ago, was just to have a welcoming space for women to have an outlet um, when they just, just need, need someone to talk to and connect with, uh, especially when, you know, going through difficult times, if it's parenting issues, you know, with their children or relationship issues with their spouse or um, you name it, whatever, we're here to help. So how how does it work if, say, if I, you know, was having a tough time going through a difficult time Mm -hmm. um, and I came and walked through your door? Yeah. How how does it work? Who is there for me to talk to? Just kind of help me understand what what the process would be. Sure. Um, Our first uh, point of reference at the center is uh, our trained volunteer. Uh, She would be sitting there. She answers the phone, so she would be the first person you would see coming in the door. She would assess your needs. She's she's highly trained. So, um, the, you know, we, we I think we spent a whole day training the volunteers on how to what the resources are around us and, in our community and, and how to you know speak with someone that's going through issues, because there's a special way to talk to people to make them feel comfortable Absolutely. and not feel judged. Um, so she would assess her, you know, assess your issue. Uh, and then uh, if our program director is available, we'd probably connect you with her so she could sit down. She's a social worker so she could sit down and talk to you and just bottom line we would like to see what the main issue is so per- perhaps it's housing um, you've been unhoused or you can't find affordable housing you're you're you just can't make ends meet mm-hmm. um, then we we have housing referral sheets that we can sit down and go over with you of all the housing um, referrals in the community and um, you know have you start out with a set of phone numbers to call and then we can call on your behalf and then come and come back and connect and say, okay, did you get anywhere? You know, let's, let's regroup. Let's try this, you know, if this didn't work. So we're there just to kind of 
hold hands, you know, with you and guide you through whatever, um, whatever the issue is that you need help with. So, so they don't feel so alone, right? Right. So it's not only information, it's also kind of support and connection and support too. It's not just, here's a piece of paper, go on your way. It's, it's, we, we, we help you through the process. So, yeah. That sounds wonderful. So what are, um, what are some of the programs that you offer in-house? Yeah. Uh, resource and referrals, one of the main programs. So a lot of times we get phone calls. Uh, we will get um, a lot of times, this is good to talk about the center because a lot of times people think re- women's resource center, they're a shelter. We're not a shelter. Um, but what we can do is connect you to a shelter in your area or the nearest shelter. If it's domestic violence related, we can get you connected ASAP um, to, to the domestic violence shelter in our area and um, get you going from there. Uh, we So that's part of our resource and referral. We also have um, in-house, we have um, a women aid program, which is a cool program we started last year um, based on the fact that we're seeing so many women that were just living paycheck to paycheck. They're self-sufficient, but one thing happens, the car breaks down, I need a four set, you know, set of four new tires or what have you, and that just throws everything, the apple cart just, you know, explodes. Right. So um, the Women Aid Program is a grant that they write to us um, requesting funds for a specific um, item or for s- specific reason. And for, for example, we, we helped one lady buy a sewing machine so she could uh, supplement her income. So she, she could sew on the side and help, help, you know, make money that way. Uh, we've helped people out with childcare. We've helped women out with car issues is a big one. Um, new tires, uh, fix a car, things like that. So they can get to work. You can imagine if, um, you're living paycheck to paycheck. You have one vehicle. It breaks down. You can't get to work. You're missing work. You lose your job, and it just spirals from there. Right. So we're trying to catch those people before it spirals out. So that way, that puts less of a strain on our other local agencies and on 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 the community. Right. Yeah. Right. So what it? How do they know how to contact you? Yeah, we have the uh, the application is on our website, and they can also call us. Um, we do this every other month. We open it up and we're at the point now to where we can give out two of those scholarships every other month. So it started with a grant, a wonderful seed money from a Corning Incorporated, Found, Incorporated Foundation. And then uh, other foundations have, have kind of chimed in and helped us out um, with grant money for this. That this. sounds amazing for the women who get it. Yes. What? How many... How many applications do you get every time you open it up? So we have averaged around 30, which is quite a bit. Um, So in those, you know, you have to, we have to sort through and kind of weed through and get the ones that have all the verification because we, we make it, you know, you have to provide receipts, you have to provide invoices, you have to, you know, do a little budget. Um, So it's, I mean, it's not really um, complicated, but, you know, you have to do a little work to, to get there, but it's worth it. It's, it sounds like it. Yeah. So that's been very successful for us um, during the pandemic. We we have a, a wellness cooperative that we started uh, um, at the end of 2019. So it really got put on hold during 2020. But our wellness cooperative has a lot to do with the same things you're trying to do with your podcast is 
providing information for women about connecting and supporting each other and working on building healthy relationships, uh, working on your personal health, um, personal um, exploration, you know, lots of things like that that we're all interested in. And connecting on another level to coming together to just for friendship and camaraderie. Um, so that that tried to go virtual, which wasn't too great. Um, yeah, that's we hard. even had a little book book club with that too. But anyway, we hope to regroup here in a couple of months. We were recruiting for that um, leadership committee, uh, and we're looking forward to starting up those what we call well wellness gatherings again to bring people together. That yeah. sounds that sounds wonderful. So is there when when these wellness gatherings will happen mm-hmm. again, is there a certain agenda for each thing or do people just kind of come in and talk? What is the structure of well, it? Well, there would definitely be agenda for the the gathering. So we would have a certain topic. We did one. I think one of them that went virtual was like was on childbirth, you know, different methods of childbirth. Um, if you're going to do it naturally at home, are you, you know, a doula, like just the different ways you right. know, that, that you can bring your baby into the world. Um, so it would be a topic, but um, so you could sign up for what's interest, interesting to you. We also um, started before the pandemic, uh, a little breakfast kind of club. So on Saturday mornings, just um, think once a month, we're getting together and just having coffee and danishes and that really has no, you know, topic of main mm-hmm. main theme. It's just whatever you want, just a chat, just to connect. So yeah. So, so hopefully, hopefully those will start up again. Yeah, yeah hopefully <laughs> sometime soon. Yeah, but one of our our biggest programs, I think, at the Women's Resource Center that has gotten the most um, um, the most mileage during the pandemic is our pantry, our, our pantry with a purpose program, and that that program is for. Um, Women that are um, struggling to make ends meet, they may be on food stamps or or, or have been approved for WIC, um, government assistance. But those cards and those uh, government assistance um, programs don't cover items like Clorox and um, clothing detergent and toothpaste and paper towels and toilet paper and necessities cleaning for sure. supplies for your home to keep them healthy keep your family healthy and safe and also personal hygiene items you know for women menstrual hygiene items and things like that aren't covered so our pantry is full of those items and um for those who qualify we give them a big old setup of that like a whole you know at least a month or so's worth of, of cleaning supplies and personal hygiene items. But that's, you know, it's, it's uh, only for those who are really in need. And we, we try to, we try to have that to be a once in a lifetime or a couple of times in a lifetime thing. Like when you just really eat a snag, but since, um, since the pandemic, we have really relaxed that a little bit and because there's some people with just ongoing needs that are not being met. So, so you're seeing a big a growth in need since the we, pandemic. We we doubled what we did in 2019 by June of last year. Wow. Yes. Yes, in pantry. We weigh all the items. So, yeah. It it's it's been really 
a big need in our community. Have you had trouble keeping it stocked? We we have, uh, but when we reach out to the public, we uh, send out an email blast um, or a Facebook post saying we're we're running low on items. Um, I'll send out. We have a wish list on Amazon, which has been really great because people can just send us things, no contact, you know, during the pandemic. So that's been awesome. Um, soon as I send out that we're getting low on things the community really steps up and helps us out. I also wrote a grant last year uh, to the Unifor Foundation, and they um, that has helped us um, keep our pantry stocked as well. So, yeah. I think for the first time in a few years, we've had to spend money to, to buy the items for that pantry to keep it stocked. Are you seeing um, a decrease now? I mean, are, now that they're kind of Hopefully, we're nearing the end of the pandemic. You know, it's been, it's kind of ebbed and flowed. I mean, it was at the very beginning, it was just kind of crazy. People were panicky. And then, you know, it just kind of died down a little bit. And now it's back up again. Um, we still are seeing a lot of, lot of people, women that have not gone back to work, basically because the pandemic has hurt um, sectors in which women usually yes. work particularly the hospitality industry, um, healthcare, you know, I, places, um, you know, that have been shut down usually, or, you know, that's, that's where you find your women employees. So, um, so I think hopefully as things open back up, that's, that's going to start, you know, to, to windle down again, but right. you know, we're there. So <laughs> you, you are, and you yeah. sounds like you've done an amazing job meeting. We've, we've tried, the needs. We, we've had to do, um, you know, had to kind of, um, revamp how we do things. We do, we've did a lot of non-contact, you know, we would have people just drive up and we'd pop it in their trunk. So nobody has to come in the building when, when everything was shut down, we've done home drop-offs for those women that are isolated. Those at the beginning, for sure, a lot of older people or people high risk, you know, weren't going out of their homes and they needed, you know, that assistance. So we would just drop them off for them. Yeah. So the um, Women's Resource Center is obviously focused on women and women supporting women and women helping women. What What are your thoughts about why that's so important? Yeah, that I mean, it's extremely important, I think, for women to, to lift up each other. Uh, I believe that anytime change is affected, it's through community and connection. So when you have... Um, you have a group of people that have been um, marginalized over the years uh, come together in numbers and, 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 and help each other and lift each other up. I mean, it's, you're unstoppable when, you're, when there's a lot of people that are you know, gathered together for a common purpose. Um, I just think it's, um, you know, I think I, I, I grew up... Um, more, I don't know if it's my generation, but I grew up more being a little competitive with other women. And, yes. and I don't know if that's just because I'm competitive, <laughs> but uh, that being said, or if I it's think, my generation or... I think it's more than your generation. I think it's bigger than you. I mean, yeah. I think we are... It's been ingrained in us. I, I think. do think it has yeah. been. Yeah. Um, I just, um, I think that... Um, I, I made an effort to raise my daughter differently, and I see I see her generation like in you know her being in um, you know theater and and music and it's a competitive industry. Very but competitive. They're always like, "You go, girl! Oh my God, this this you have to listen to this artist. She's wonderful." And they're always like 
they're lifting each other up. And it just gives me goosebumps to see that generation, you know, going back and forth like that. And and they're, they get it, I think. They're helping each other. And I think that's great for our future. Um, when I started working for Women's Resource Center, and actually maybe before that, when I became a Pilates instructor, I love seeing people succeed. So like as a teacher, I'd never been a teacher before until I was a Pilates instructor. And then watching the, you know, someone try hard to like get a, a move right or try, you know, do a modification and finally build up and, you know, like master it. And like, yeah, you go. That's awesome. And then I just, and, and most of my clients, Pilates clients are women. And I just really started feeling that camaraderie and like lifting up through through teaching. And then, of course, at Women's Resource Center, that's what we do every day. Right. So it's, right. yeah. It's definitely part of yeah. your world. So you mentioned that you, you raised your daughter differently. Mm-hmm. You raised your daughter kind of with that in mind. Yeah. What? What are some of the things you taught her? What are some of the ways in which you were um, purposeful in teaching her that? Purposefully tell her many times to not compare herself to others. And that's just, that's a common woman thing. And I mean, I just, you know, I want her, I wanted her to be her own individual and um, have her own personal standards and, and set her own personal goals that didn't have anything to do with Susie or, you know, who the other girl, you right. know, I just wanted her to, to not compare herself to others. Right. So, yeah. Because I had done that so much growing up. I think my whole, my whole philosophy of, of raising my daughter was do the opposite of what you did with yourself, <laughs> you know, like just, you know, really encourage her to not be that way. But right, which is which is it it's hard. I mean, because yeah. there was particularly with all the social media and all the mm-hmm. pictures that everybody looks perfect in these pictures. And I mean, even as a adult, like yeah. a you know, it's very hard not to feel less than when I look at all of these kind of beautiful families and you know women my age who have flawless skin yeah. and um, and not not feel bad like that. So I think as a teenager, a young woman. Um, it's, it would be particularly hard. Yeah. She went to an art school. So, um, North Carolina school of the arts and they had their big dance school. So she had all these little dancers, you know, all the time and, and all of her other cohorts in her acting class were always having eating issues and food issues and all kinds of issues. And once she sent me this text in college and I, and I almost cried thinking about it. And she said, mom, thank you so much for not giving me like, uh, food issues, you know, because we never talked about it. Like we never talked about it. You know, girls go through that little age where they put on a little weight right, right before their period and things like that. And, you know, I just remember like we never discussed it. And I never, if I felt less than or whatever, I never said that out loud in front of her. Right. So um, I think, I mean, hopefully that was one good thing I've done. <laughs> well, and I, but you've also modeled health. You know, you've modeled taking care of yourself. You've modeled kind of eating well, um, exercising. Pilates has clearly been a big part of your Mm -hmm. life. You're a runner. You're a hiker. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so you've modeled that with her without having to say anything. Right, right. And she took up running uh, during the pandemic. They were stuck here with us. Oh, well, during the the first part last year, um, they were stuck here with us. So um, the the whole family just kind of took up. That's what we did every day is just go out to the park and walk and run and 
Yeah. So she was like, I never thought I'd be a runner, but she she started. Is she sticking with it? <laughs> She's sticking with it a little bit. Yeah. It's hard in New York, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. So my, my daughter is 20. She's 20 now. Um, and it, it, I think I had kind of a similar philosophy. Like I, we, I we never talk about weight, mm-hmm. talk about being healthy. Yeah. I mean, she's an athlete, right? So we talk about how she needs to fuel her body to perform. Exactly. Um, yeah. And how she needs to take care of her body to perform. And she's, you know, five, nine and strong and she'll never be teeny tiny, you know, like that's just, but there's beauty in her body and that's she needed wonderful. to learn that. Right. Yeah. And so, so I think that's kind of what you're talking about is, is trying not to be competitive and, and teaching them not to be competitive. And I do love, she has created a group of friends um, and they, they really do lift each other up. They do yeah. support each other. And it's, it's wonderful to watch. So I, I, I echo your You see hope. that a lot in sports. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it, it's also a very competitive, That's you know, true. It's a yeah. competitive venue, but you do, but then they come, they learn to work as a team and they mm-hmm. learn to um, recognize that somebody else has a different strength than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need that strength and they need to practice their strength. Right. Um, so you guys can, they can all come together and, and win. And win. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate goal. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I think, I'm glad to hear you say you have hope in this kind of next generation yeah. and that it's going to be um, less less competitive and more supportive of each other. Yeah, I, I hope so. Because yeah. it is, it's hard, you know, you, and I, I mean, it makes, when I feel connected with another woman or I feel connected to a group, I get tearful. It's very moving. It is. For me. And um, and so I, yeah, I just hope that they can feel that all the all the time. The sisterhood. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so tell, let's go back to the Women's Resource Center. Is it sure. Women's Resource Center or the Women's Resource Center? Well, we say Women's Resource Center, but back in the day, I saw, I've seen things that say the Women's Resource Center, but they, I think they dropped the the, like in the okay. past 10 years. I'm, I'm not sure, but it does not matter. Okay. <laughs> It keeps saying that. We'll answer to either. <laughs> right? Yeah. As long as you're not going to answer. Um, you, you call this your dream job. Mm-hmm. What drew you to it and what about it is just so fulfilling to you? Yeah, I've um, – I think the fact that I've always enjoyed volunteering and being on boards and the whole nonprofit world is – I've been drawn to it over the years. Um. And then when this opportunity came about for me to um, interview for the uh, resource development position, which was essentially fundraising and helping out the the then director, um, I mean, I would just jumped at it. I was like, I was in, I was kind of just doing sales, and I was like, I'm not being feeling fulfilled in my heart, you know. I just want I want to do a job. You know, to and get paid for it, although, you know, it's a nonprofit, so it's not that much. But, you know, do a job that's not volunteering right. to get that f- warm and fuzzy feeling, but let that be my job. And when this came about, I thought, yes, this is it. Um, I can't, couldn't think of a better. Women's Resource Center had such a great reputation, and, and I just thought, that's just, that's the place I need to be. Yeah. So... I couldn't. When I interviewed that day, I, I you, you walk in the building, and then you were just there not long ago. But it just there's a vibe in there, yes. you know. You just walk in, and it just feels like home. It just feels 
Ha, and that's where I get to go to work every day. So. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it is a. It looks like an old home. It, it looks a like home. Wesley right. Ranch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it feels like home. It doesn't feel like work, does it? No, it's definitely a very warm, welcoming mm-hmm. place that you. I mean, funny create. story. When I got promoted to the executive director um, position, and uh, you know, I'd just been working two days a week before that, and then I got. I didn't even dawn on me till maybe like. I got my next paycheck that I was going to get a raise, you know, that's working. For us. I was like, oh, yeah. But I mean, I just wanted the position so bad that it didn't even matter to me. It, it was kind of funny. It was I kind right. of laughed at it. But I was like, yeah, you know, you're in the right place when when that happens. Well, you know, it's not really for the money, <laughs> right? Not for the money. It doesn't feel like work. It just yeah. feels like your passion yeah. and a really good fit for you. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the things that are coming for Women's Resource Center, what are the what are your goals? Yeah, um, we have a couple um, of goals that we had already we had talked about before the pandemic happened. Um, we want to um, we were planning to work on uh, a program that helps women-owned businesses. Um, it's called we want to call it Woman Up, like Women Aid. Oh, woman I up. like that. Um, but to help advocate for women-owned businesses, uh, especially um, you know people of colors, you know to, to really um, help them to get started, and to also provide them and partner with local um, professionals to be volunteers to kind of work as their say mentor. Right. Uh, say say you know you're starting a new business and you're like I know I'm not really good at marketing and you know we tried to connect you with. One of our volunteers that that's what they do for a living. They're in marketing, and that they they would be willing to volunteer their time to help mentor you to help get your business off the ground. So we're kind of we're really excited about that. That's just in the in the works. So we uh, my uh, programs director hired a new programs director back in January. Her name is Tara Thomas, and she is just gung ho like all this young energy, ready to you know do everything. Very creative, and she has started researching on this and, and, and is in the process of connecting with the chamber and, you know, mm-hmm. small business association and places like that to where we can partner and help get this going. So we're really excited about that. That sounds like an amazing program. Yep. So, you know, so we want to get more, be more into the advocacy part of, of helping, like really Right. Tangibly helping lift women up. Right. So yeah. so not just being kind of the, a crisis center, a resource center. Right. But help, right, creating something that is helping women not just get from crisis to functioning. Right. But to really thrive and grow. Exactly. Yeah. And not everybody's meant to be a business owner. I get that. Right. And um, so we're also working on the workforce development side of that to help. Um, we want to partner with, and if you're any businesses out there who would like to partner with us on this, we would like to work with like one-on-one with companies, like say a furniture company or a specific company that hires, you know, quite a few people to um, train specifically Women's Resource Center clients. And then at the end of that training, give them a job. So, and, and there, I know there are a lot of jobs available in our area right now, and it would just, I just don't know that people are getting connected or getting the right training to get that job. And if we could just kind of bridge that gap by partnering with a company right? and like having that company say, we're going to train 
your ladies and we will hire your ladies if they're qualified. Right. So, so, so your role in that would be to kind of create the group of women, but also kind of vet them. Yeah. Like make sure yeah, that they are. Just have the right. Yeah. 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 That they're a good fit for that and, job. And a lot of those jobs, uh, especially working at a lot of the furniture companies in our local industries are good paying jobs or jobs that are more than, you know, your minimum wage jobs. These are living wage jobs with benefits. Yes. And, and so that, you know, once a woman has it, you talk about empowerment, having a job that's empowering. Being able to provide for your family, that's empowering. So we really want to, to, um, to work harder on the workforce development side, right? We, we had a workforce development program a couple of years ago, but I think we were missing that partnership aspect. And that's what we, we want to, to focus more on moving forward with workforce development. So do you have, um, if there are some companies who are thinking that this might be something that they'd really yeah. like, what would be the process kind of what are you looking for from them is does it have to be a certain size company does it have to be a certain um kind of job no just just an openness and a willingness to to you know get give a mom a chance you know a single mom or a a a woman that that needs a job a chance to um to learn the skills and and to to be hireable and, you know, we can, we'll work on the hireable part on our end of it. We do a lot of, um, you know, interview coaching. We also do uh, resume, um, you know, writing, editing, helping with resumes and things like that. You know, we would, we would be helping on that end, you know, as well as this, those soft, those other job skills that you need, you know, um, to be on time and, 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 yes. you know, social media etiquette and, yes. and, you know, other things, you know, that make you hireable <laughs> these days. So, yes. I mean, as a small business owner, there are certain things that I'm kind of astounded that some people don't know, but you're yeah. right. There's skills, there's yeah. skills that clearly they haven't learned. Right. Um, and so to, to have somebody working with them, on those skills, mm-hmm. you know, as a, and, and then the company working with them to train them for that sounds like a, a wonderful program. Yeah. We would love to, to, you know, just find the right, it's going to take the right fit and somebody willing to work with us. And, and, you know, we're, we're ready and waiting if that ha- comes, comes across. So, um, we haven't figured out all the details as far as that is going forward. And I know my board of directors, um, we've, we've discussed this several times and I think they're on the lookout to start looking for some businesses to pull in. So yeah, we're excited. Those sound like great programs. Anything else coming down the pike that you want to mention? Um, yeah, we uh, we have an event coming up on May the 22nd. Uh, we have, this will be the third attempt to have this event, which it's finally going to happen, I hope, um, where it's called Art in the Park. And we are utilizing the park that Women's Resource Center, the house sits in. Uh, it's called the Sally Fox Park. And we are excited to have uh, over 30 local artists, vendors uh, registered for this event. We're going to have food trucks. Uh, we're going to have musicians. We're going to have um, an art auction. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And 
you know, by May 22nd, hopefully a lot of people will feel like getting out and about. And it's going to be outside. Yeah, outside. Um, and hopefully it'll be a beautiful day like today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be able to raise some funds for Women's Resource Center. So all of the um, all the artwork's been donated? Yeah, the artwork for the donations, uh, for the silent auction's been donated by all each artist that's participating in the event. So we're getting some really, really beautiful, cool things in. So You are. I was able yeah. to see some. They look great. <laughs> Yeah. Really nice. Um, so in all of the the years you've been working at Women's Resource Center and, you know, it sounds like there have been tons of interactions and tons of women you've met and tons mm-hmm. of women you've worked with. Is there one interaction that particularly stands out to you as particularly moving or um, powerful? Yeah. Um so um, there really are so many, uh, but that being said, as the director, I don't typically work one-on-one with the women. Uh, my program instructor does, but being a small nonprofit, I, I do come, I, I do end up answering a lot of phone calls and, and working with women every now and then. And more, more recently, I had a woman call, spent a couple of months ago. And she come to find out she was in her late sixties, and I mean she was crying at first. So, um, so we got to calm her down and talk. And she, she just said the pandemic was getting to her. She had no family. She had not been anywhere, done anything for months. She, she, she just needed somebody to talk to. And so she said she needed help, and and I got her some phone numbers for counseling, and our counseling is going to start back in May, so I'm excited about that. We'll be offering free counseling again, and um, I've got her set up for that, too. But she um, she and I, I think we ended up talking for like an hour, half an hour or more. So um, come to find out, no family, just her. So I got her address, and I drove out to her house, and I was going to take her what we call busy bee kits. We we created these little kits during the pandemic. Of um, they have um, brain teasers, adult coloring books, a poetry book, uh, some warm fuzzy socks, some lotion, oh, you know, wow. stuff like that, and just put it in a little bag. And we, we we've been dropping on people's doorsteps, you know, if if somebody have called and said, oh, my friend, she could really use that. We've done that. Or people have called for themselves. So I, I took that out to her. I said, do you mind if I have your address? I'm going to run something by out to you. So I was going to hang it on her doorknob, but she was out in the yard. So we got to meet and talk for a long, long time. And now we just call each other every so often and just connect. And <laughs> you made a friend. Yeah, she's having some health issues. And, you know, it's just, I mean, to be all alone in the world and to be all alone in the world during this time yes. is just heartbreaking. So that that one's just really close to my heart right now because it's pretty recent and, and I just talked to her last week. So but Yeah. And so it's it's she was at this hugely vulnerable moment, mm-hmm. right? She's feeling hopeless. She's feeling scared, lonely, sad. And I, I'm sure it took some courage for her mm-hmm. to make that phone call. Yeah. And say, you know, help me because who knows what kind of reaction she was going to get. Right. So right. asking for help anytime takes a lot of courage and particularly when you're feeling that low. Yeah. And so I, for you, for her to experience your reaction, which was 
open arms and warmth and we've got you must have been really, I I don't know, life-changing for her, you know, kind of just shifted her reality a little bit. I mean, it, it, it is, that is a time when you really do feel like you, sometimes you work hard all day and you just don't know if you're making a difference or whatever. And, you know, when you, when you make those connections, you, you kind of know, you know, you know that something happened there. And, 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 and when bottom line, that's what most of the women need from us. Yes. We had a woman that, um, applied for women aid and she came in and she talked to, um, our programs director forever. And, and she said, you know what? Thank you for just listening to me. She's like, I've been try- trying to tell my story and people think I'm crazy and people won't listen. And you just listen to me, you know, and that's, that's just what we want. That's all we, what we all need. You know, I, you know what? I to agree. Be heard. Yeah. Yes. To be heard and to be, to be validated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, this is a little bit of a long story, but it, it goes to, and I won't, I won't tell the whole story, but there was a moment in my life where I was physically hurt um, and terrified. Um, and a stranger came up and just kind of held me. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, I mean, I'm going to cry thinking about You're it making now. making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, that's, that, that was it. Like, it, and then, you know, I, I hung, hung on to her. Um, and then I was okay. So it was just her recognizing in me that all I needed, right, that I was scared. There's nothing anybody can do to take the pain away or take the injury away, mm-hmm. right? But all I needed for that moment was to just be held. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think women are really good at that. Yeah. You know, when, when, we, when we can let our guard down and just see the pain and that we're, that we're good at just kind of joining together. And that was powerful. Yeah. It was so powerful. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I will never forget it. And I, you know, felt hugely connected with her afterwards. You know, mm-hmm. we maybe had a couple of interactions mm-hmm. after that. And every time I was just, you know, so grateful yeah. to her. And, you know, I'll probably never, this was years ago, so I'll probably never see her again. But right. that, but we had that, we came together in that moment. And she made an impact in your life. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's what you did for that woman. And that is, you know, I I think part of what's really wonderful about Women's Resource Center is that she knew to call you, right? Yes. She Somehow she had heard about you. She said her pastor had mentioned us. So, and then she reached out from her pastor, but yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. And that happens a lot. It'll be a friend of a friend, you know, says you should call Women's Resource Center. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. yeah. So it's a lot of word of mouth. Yeah. You get around. So with all, how, how do you, because it's also, you know, kind of stressful, right? You, you Mm -hmm. see huge needs in the community and I'm sure there are times when it feels like it's, you know, too much and you, you can never do enough to, to make it go away or to help these women, um, as much as they need. So how do you, how do you handle that and how do you take care of yourself? Yeah. Um, I guess the bottom line is you have to set some boundaries and you have to, um, which is hard for me. <laughs> um, you have to, this is why it's not, it's great that I don't work one-on-one because I want to like take everybody and, you know, and you can't take everybody into your heart and your head. And I no. mean, it, it's just too much. Um, but you have to realize that we are not here to fix people. 
Uh, we are here to guide women and to provide them with tools and resources so that they can get what they need themselves. That's empowering. Yes. If we fixed them, you know, which right. we can't, that's not going to help them right. uh, either. So, and it's realizing that um, it's a hard thing to realize when you're in the moment and you're dealing with a really hard case. I mean, we've had more women living in their cars lately and, and just lots of really hard, hard on your luck stories. And my my new um, my new programs director and I are always having this conversation because she's young and this is her first social work job. And to let her know, I'm always worried about her self-care because I'm like, you, you're the one that hears the hard stories all day long. You've got to be able to step back, take care of yourself, take a break. Like she'll say, I'm just going to stand at lunch. No, go out, mm-hmm. get away from the office. I I do that almost every day. I make sure I get out for at least a few minutes, even if I'm working long that day, just to get away and take a breath. Yes. Yeah. Take some time for yourself and and just come to that realization that we we are not fixers. And that's what we I know we want to do, but we we can't do that. No, and you're right that it, we want to do it, I think, because it's because we feel their pain and we want to make that pain go away. Mm-hmm. But recognizing that if we do it for them, mm-hmm. that doesn't help anybody. Right. Right. That that your your role is to give them the tools to help themselves to do it themselves. Exactly. It's like parenting. I was going to say yeah. the same thing. <laughs> yeah. We want to, you know, you can't tie your kids' shoes till they're 10. They'll never no. learn how to tie their shoes. So, right. you know, you've got to teach them and give them what you know and then let them do it. Right. And yeah. it's particularly hard when they're in pain, right? Yeah. You want to jump in and yell at the coach for not putting your kid in, or right, you right. want to call up the teacher and say, yeah. what do you mean? Like, you got a D. He doesn't deserve a D. When he actually probably does deserve a D. Right. Um, but, you, but when they're upset, you know, as a parent and as somebody who is caring and connected, we want to take that pain away. But yeah. So I think part of the process is learning the boundaries and, and recognizing that, that even though it feels like we're not doing enough, we're doing more than we would be doing had we just fixed it for them. Exactly. It's better It's better for that person. Right. All, yeah, all around. Right. And it's hard to realize that sometimes, but yeah. there. I, my other programs director, she would have, like she would always say this cute little thing. She would say, I just want to put them in my pocket and take them home with me. <laughs> you know, like right. you, get, you just like, oh, you know, just, just you just want to. Yes. Sometimes scoop people up and say, here, I'm here for you. Right. But, but you got to do it in a way that, you know, will will help them help themselves. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So how, how, what, what have you incorporated in your life that helps you help oh, yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, aside from binging Netflix during the <laughs> pandemic, uh, let's see, uh, I, I like to, of course, I, we talked about running, hiking. Anytime I'm outdoors, I feel good. So I've been doing Pilates in the park at Women's Resource Center every Friday morning, weather permitting. Um, so just to be outdoors and, and enjoy nature and, and to move, that makes me feel good. Um, yeah, I mean. Um, but, but let me back up to Pilates in the park because uh-huh. we've mentioned that a couple of times. Um, is that 
open to anybody? How yeah. does that work? Yeah, that's just a pay what you can. You can come for free if you know if you if you can't afford it, that's fine. It's pay what you can, and all the proceeds go to Women's Resource Center. So it's just something I've been doing because I, I can't teach in a studio right now, or haven't been because of the pandemic. It's like my 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 regular students are like, we have to do something, and so I started doing that, and that's that's been that's been a great outlet, and it's been a great outlet for them too because we've been all socially distanced and we're not like coming together and socializing anymore. So we get to like be spread out in the park and you can just catch up and talk. And, and it's right. what it's, it's open to anybody who just wants to try it. You know, you just come for free if you, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I do know, I mean, I've seen you in action because <laughs> when we were, when my store was delicious, you came and taught there uh-huh. and how patient and supportive you were to you know, brand new people. It was wonderful. Well, thanks. So yeah, I, I highly like, recommend your class. <laughs> Thank you. I like new people, and Pilates is um, it's they, you can offer so many modifications, so it's for all levels. So you know, you just it's less is more. Do what you can do, and then build up. Um, so it's 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 really good for somebody just starting out. How did you get started with it? Yeah, I just took a class, um, I think, at the spa, like, many years ago, like, 15 years ago. And I just fell in love with it. And um, I think basically the reason I fell in love with it, after a class, I felt invigorated, but then I felt at peace at the same time. It's like I felt like, oh, I can take on the day. And then I felt like calm. And I think it has a lot to do with it. You know, it's a mind-body exercise, just like yoga and in the, in the way that you're focusing on the now and you're focusing on a breath. So when you can, when you're focusing on your breath, you can't really make, you know, grocery lists in your head and your monkey mind just kind of right. slows down because you're you're focused on what you're doing. And for me, I'm kind of very ADD and it's it, it's very it kept me focused for an hour on something and I I just enjoyed that. So it's kind of I mean it sounds it's a little bit like meditation as well as physical exercise. Yeah, when you're when you're folk I mean I think after you're finished with the class you really kind of feel like you have been meditating because you just have been right there. Right. But um it's a little more fast-paced than meditating and it's a little more fast-paced than most yoga because you're not holding any stag stagnant poses you're it it moves and flows. And I was a cheerleader for like a kajillion years so I think I gravitated towards that just because of that, because mm-hmm. there's movements and there's flow to it. And I think it just, my mind just kind of mm-hmm. liked it. And it's just with any exercise, do something you like and you'll, you know, right. you, you can do it for a lifetime. I mean, if you make yourself do it, then what right. fun is that? Right. So, if it feels like a chore yeah. and it's going to be hard to stick with. Yeah. So it's always something I look forward to doing. So, and it works your whole core, which is your, your, your yes. abs, your low back, your hips, your buttocks, yes. like the, I'm si- now I'm of, sitting up straight. <laughs> the whole part of your body that holds your spine up straight. Uh, yeah. And um, it helps strengthen that, but it also helps lengthen the muscles and create strength all over. So, yeah. So, if someone wants to give it a try, they can come Friday morning. Yeah. Oh, it's usually Friday at 11 if if it hasn't poured the rain all night on Thursday night, which it usually has been doing lately. I know. There's a lot of but rain. But today it was, it was perfect. So, how... How how will they know it's going on or not? Or do you post it on I Facebook? I post it on fa- uh, on the Women's Resource Center's Facebook page every okay. time, so, so they, they should can follow come that there. Page. Yeah, I tried to also do it in the Life in the Hickory Bubble page, um, but yeah, they can find it. All right, you may have some newcomers. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so um, hiking has also been a big part of your life. Yeah, 
forever? I grew up in the mountains. Right. Yeah. Um, well, forever. I guess I took it for granted. Like when I was a kid, I just thought that's what everybody did every day. But I grew up near a state park. So my vacation Bible schools would be at the park. Like everything was like there. And uh-huh. we, I used to want to be a naturalist when I was a little girl. I was like, I'm going to grow up and be like a park ranger person <laughs> for a while just because I, lo- I loved being outside so much. But yeah, I, I grew up doing it all the time and then kind of got out of it. And my husband, he loves to hike. So we've gotten back into it. So yeah. There's some great hikes around here. So mm-hmm. it's- yeah, we we spent a, a lot of time in Brevard lately, uh, waterfall chasing. It was really oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that some sounds really great. Fun. Waterfalls. So um, art seems to also kind of weave its way through your life, mm-hmm. and I imagine um, whether it's something that's conscious for you or not. You know, art is definitely a way of expressing mm-hmm. yourself. I think doing art, it can be very therapeutic for people. Yeah. Kind of, um, and, but then also sharing it can be very vulnerable. So there's lots of different um, aspects of uh-huh. art that kind of feed into this whole wellness theme. Did you, have you given some thought to what art means to you and how you, I mean, I think as an amateur painter, you call yourself yeah. kind of. <laughs> I I think um, I love to collect local art. I have lots of art from um, people around here. I like to know who the artist is. So I have my house is full of just local folk art and and lots of other art. But I can say I met that person or I know that person. And I it like has a story I like that to connection. You. Yes, the connection to having. Oh, I have one of their pieces. Right. Yeah. And it, it gives me, it gives me pride, you know, I don't know. Um, well, because, you know, I do, I think back to being vulnerable when you're creating something from yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like that, which artists do, mm-hmm. it, it's a little piece of them, Yeah, you know, and then they, they give it to you to cherish yeah. and hold on to. And then I think there is that kind of connection and, yeah. and vulnerability. For me, that's what it's about. I, I, I don't often just go, uh, I'm going to go to a gallery somewhere in, you know, out of town and just buy that piece. I just, I like to buy the piece of people I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So do you do your own painting? I do a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I like the, the folksy side of, of art just Probably because I'm not trained, which is that's what folk art is, you know, self, self-trained, self self-taught. Um, but I really like the the kind of um, – what's the word? Um, I don't know. When you look at a, a piece that looks unique with, without trying to be perfect, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I can appreciate a fine piece of art and go, wow – you know, because I know I could never achieve that. Right. And I'm not saying I'm one of those persons that says, oh, I could paint that. No, that's not what I'm saying. But it it's accessible. It seems yeah. it seems like. It's more real. It's yeah. More... Even I can try to do that. Right. <laughs> and, and maybe right. make something nice. I don't know. But yeah. Right. And, you know, there's something very real about putting your flaws out there, right? Like yeah. creating something and knowing that it's not perfect and yet mm-hmm. still putting it out there and and kind of like, okay, what do you guys think? You know, yeah. is it okay? you know, and having people appreciate that. I was talking to one of the artists that donated for art in the park and she was saying and she's she's a fabulous artist and I've admired her work for for years and she she's says she's trying to to do more abstract and because she she tries to be too perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think 
that's that's a really good point because I, I try, you know, sometimes I'll try to do something kind of abstracty, but then you're trying to make the nose look perfect. Right. You know, let the nose look wonky. You know, that makes the art look better, you know, really. Right. But as an artist, it's hard hard not to try to make it look perfect. Well, because you're, I think you're thinking what other people are going to think, right? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You're kind of, you're like, but what I have in mind (laughs) is this, and you've got to just let that speak for itself. Right. You know, it's easier said than done. (laughs) Yes. I mean, right back to that vulnerability piece. Yeah. So, um, so to kind of bring it back around, can you remind people how to get in contact with um, someone. I don't know if it would be you or somebody else at Women's Resource Center. They would probably speak to our volunteer um, first off. And um, you could call 828-322-6333. And we're there Monday through Thursday from 9 until 4. We do have an answering service, an answering machine. So, you know, know, we'll answer your call at the next, you know, available time. Yeah. also, if someone wants to contact me personally, my email address is director at wrchickory.org. And I'll be happy to to speak with anybody about community partnerships or, you know, whatever um, right. ways that we can partner with people in the community. That sounds great. And there's all, you guys also have a website that goes yes. through all of your yes. programs. Uh, org, And we just up dated our website last year. So it's really exciting. We hadn't had a website in 10 years and, uh, well, our 10 hadn't been updated or redone. So now it's very contemporary and hip. And it's we were, great. We it's like a, it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's very easy to navigate. The yeah. information is wonderful. We want it so. to be simple and clear. And um, yeah, so we're real happy with that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I am so happy and I don't know. I feel I have really enjoyed this conversation. I'm so glad Me you too. came in. I think there's um, so much wisdom um, that you carry. And, you know, while it's, it, it can be very hard to be vulnerable and connect. Um, I don't, I don't, that, that, that piece is hard. I don't think it's hard to support other women. You know, I think that that can be something that's very easy and very meaningful. And if we look for opportunities to do that, it goes a long, long way. Yeah. Uh, Just as an example, um, Incredible Edibles is having an anniversary event tomorrow, which is Saturday. But so by the time this runs, it'll be over. But but you shared that, you shared my post with a, a... line they said you know let's support when women help women amazing things happen right yes and that that meant so much to me i was like oh my god (laughs) you know so just just that small act Mm -hmm. really means a lot and i think if we can just all look for opportunities to do that Mm -hmm. for each other it's gonna make a big difference that's right we gotta stick together we sure (laughs) thank you so much for coming on thank you it's been my pleasure thank you for having me really fun You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, 
Music to Community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.